0: Hmm.
1: Hello, everyone. Good evening. My name is Kenneth Torres, and I am your host. Welcome to Enter the Dark. So tonight we have a very special guest, a, a person that uh, is a friend, is a colleague, someone who I trust, respect, and admire very much, uh, Joe Frankie. Joe Frankie, thanks, brother, for agreeing to be on this little radio internet show. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, and... Um, well, I, I'm deeply humbled by you being here, man. How are you?
0: I'm um, very well. Thank you for the kind words. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm blushing. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Turning all so, kinds of shades of red here.
1: Hey, you know, that's how it goes, right? I have that effect on uh, I'm just on people. an
0: old guy who's been doing this a long time. Yeah,
1: well, <laughs> you know, an old guy that's been doing this a long time. But with that, you're you're really savvy, man. You've got a lot of experience. And so, you know, the thing is, everyone wants to know. Who is Joe Franke uh, and what is your connection to the Warrens? And well, how did you start? And
0: oh, Well, you know, I, I tell this story uh, many, many times and, and, and I smile every time I do. Um, I was uh, 18 years old and uh, my wife, who uh, we were just dating at the time, uh, happened to notice in the local newspaper that the Warrens were giving a lecture in the next town over and, she, and it was a Friday night, and she's like, oh, would you like to go? I'm like, yeah. I was always fascinated by uh, the occult and ghosts. And I had seen the Warrens on television, read about them in a newspaper. So, you know, we, we go to the show, uh, and it was at the holiday in, I remember, in North Haven, Connecticut. And um, we're walking in, and Lorraine was at the table. They had a table set up with a chair where she was, like, taking taking the money and and, and giving the tickets and stuff like that. And they had their books for sale and things like that. So, you know, I walk up now, there's a bunch of people too. And she's, she's just, I look at her and she's like fixed on me. And I remember she cocks her head to the side. I remember like it was five minutes ago and I can't remember what I did my car keys, but I can remember this. Um, So she cocks her head to the side. she's like, honey, have we ever met before? As Lorena always called people honey and yeah. i said no lorraine i said i've heard a lot about you you folks and, and read about you i said i'm really excited to be here she's she's looking at me i found out later what she was doing she was reading my aura oh wow and um that's what lorraine you know what could do and she's like there's there's some she goes i can't put my finger out. she goes there's a reason why you're here tonight she goes can you see ed and i after the show so i'm like sure absolutely you know so the show's going on and I, I can't keep a thought in my head i'm like what do they want to talk to me about i was all excited yeah you know and so the show show starts to wrap up and ed and and tony were wrapping up the the equipment and uh so i go up you know laurel and i go up to to them and she's like honey we're, we're gonna go across the street to the diner why don't you kids join us and, and we can talk there so okay. um i just want to Ed's things anytime every time they finish the lecture or a case or something would always go to a diner. That's why I'm got so big. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. we, we'd go to a diner and, and, um, y- you know, just to, to decompress and talk about the events of the evening, whether it be, uh, a lecture, uh, talk about the audience or the reactions or, or about a case. And, um, she's sitting across from me at the diner and she's, she's looking at my, or she at this point, she's telling me what she's doing. She's reading my aura. She goes, there's a reason, you know, uh, for you, for us to have met tonight, she's like, um, you were meant to do this work. She goes, I don't know if you know that, but you were meant to do this work. She's like, would you like to come and work with Ed and I? They were oh. putting together classes, you know, and there was about, I don't know, I want to say about six students in there. Uh, so every Monday night at the Holy Manor in Newtown, Connecticut, which is now the Inn at Newtown, there was a little restaurant. There was a back room. I guess they used to rent it out. Or the owner would let them use it for, on Monday nights. And it was no bigger than a you know, coat closet. And it was a little room. And there's chairs around, uh, in, like a, in a semicircle. Yeah. And Ed would bring in his tape recorders and tapes from past cases, including Rhode, the Rhode Island case, which is the Conjuring one. Oh wow! Wow. Um, the Amityville case. Tapes about Annabelle, things like that. So he would go over their high-profile cases with us and teach us. Okay, this is what we did. This is what you don't want to do. You know, you know things like religious provocation. You know, but you got to be careful how you do it. You got to protect yourself. And I don't know. I'm just like sitting there, like a deer
1: in headlights. (laughs) um, You're trying to figure this stuff out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I mean, you know, there was a time when, when I was a newbie too, like a lot of folks out there. And, um, you know, Laura would, would come with me um, for a while. You know, she worked along with me for a few years until, you know, we did get married. And when she got pregnant with my, my son, um, you know, Ed's like, yeah, you know, we, she, she couldn't go on any cases anymore because, yeah. you know, for her protection. So she's yeah. like, yeah, okay, just be careful. Tell me about it when you get home, kind of thing.
1: And, and so, why would, um, but, uh, yeah, go ahead. Stop sorry. It. no, it's all right. Now, why would, uh, why would Ed say that? I mean, what's, what's the connection between having a child and, and, and doing well, this yeah. work? I mean, it does, it, to me, you know, it makes sense, but for the audience, you know, maybe there are listeners here who are not paranormal investigators, or maybe are not putting two and two together. Can you give insight on why that's specifically important?
0: Well, it's important because you want to protect, um, obviously her but you want to protect the unborn child because the unborn child is not isn't born yet but it's not baptized yeah you know it doesn't have the protection of you know the sacrament of baptism you know if that's what you believe in you know yeah uh, you know there's yeah. many different faiths out there but um that was our faith that was their faith you know and um yeah, my wife, this this unnerved her anyway. She, you know, she was fascinated by it, like a lot of people are, but they're like, uh, yeah. you know, Joy, I'm fascinated by what you do, but I wouldn't want to do it myself kind of thing. Yeah. You know, just people, they want to keep at arm's length and say, you know, I've had actually people at my lectures say, am am I going to go home with an attachment because I was here tonight? (laughs) And I'm like, no, (laughs) just stay away from the Ouija board. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you want to, you always want to protect yourself. I mean, when you go on cases, you want to be what we call in a state of grace. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You want to, you want to go to confession and cleanse yourself, cleanse your soul. Yeah. You know, um, because you never know what you're going to you're going to find out. I mean, I mean, you never know what's going to be there. You know, it could be that's- it could be nothing. It could be um, grandma's spirit coming, coming by to visit, or it could be a residual spirit. That's just kind of going about their business. in you know, 1850 and this yeah. is an old house or or it could be something more sinister. You just don't know, but you have to be prepared for every scenario.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. Uh, Even when we do cases and even before we do intake interviews, you know, most of our cases with the Warren Legacy Foundation, they are darker in nature. And so we deal with a lot of people that ultimately as well deal with extreme psychological illness and they deal with so much trauma. So I always advise my team, protect yourself, protect yourself at all times. Right. That's that's one of the big boxing rules. Protect yourself at all times and and at all costs. So so you guys, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm listening. No, but... there's
0: a delay in my phone, so I apologize if I seem to walk on you. I don't mean to.
1: Oh no, that's cool.
0: People don't seem to understand by sometimes don't understand what they mean by protecting yourself. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, the way I was I was taught by the Warrens is, you know, because I'm a Roman Catholic, born and raised. You know, um, went to church every Sunday, drag, kicking and screaming. You know, <laughs> but you know, like most of us. You, yeah, well, you know, you you wanna you wanna make sure you you um, like you said, go to confession, cleanse your soul. You know, be in a state of grace. Don't don't have any illness. Uh, you, you know, don't have depression. Um, you know, these things seem to attack people at their most vulnerable. Like if yeah. you're an alcoholic, or if you abuse drugs, or if you're depressed, you're you're what we call a victim soul. Okay. If you've ever heard that term before, that's what uh, I call it. You're a victim yeah. soul, like they're. The, the evil forces out there are targeting the weak. I yeah. mean, I'm not necessarily a target because I'm not weak. Yeah. And I want everybody to understand. I don't necessarily mean weak as far as physical strength. Although oh, that, that, that does help. It, it that does help, but you need to be strong psychologically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, you need to have it all together. Yeah. And if you don't have all the pieces of the pie together, then you shouldn't be going on this, these cases and, and, and I feel that when people aren't ready or they don't really know what they're doing or, or they go on a case because they're a quote unquote thrill seeker. And, oh, I got a case. And, you know, you got to understand, you know, if there's something there, you could now become the target.
1: Yeah, and I agree. You with can you. be
0: affected and you can get an attachment and then people are calling me. I usually get a phone call when when there's something negative or if it's yeah. if it's really evil or we'll, we'll say <laughs> demonic. Okay. You know, that's the kind of stuff I specialize in because I, you know, I I trained under Ed. Ed and I were very close. Okay. You know, um, and, you know, like I said, I was 18 years old when I met them, 54 years old now. That's 36 years I've been doing this. You know, and I consulted with Lorraine to up to the point where she got ill and passed away in 2019. I would always, you know, uh, when she was um, able, I would call her. She's like, honey, call me anytime, you know. I mean, I would call her 3 a.m., but yeah, I'd call her and say, Lorraine, I got an issue here. What do you think? I'd always go to her. They were my mentors. Yeah. And I used to call her Graham and Gramps because they're like my adopted grandparents. I mean, that's where I met Chris years ago. He's their grandson. I was like their adopted grandson, you know? Yeah. yeah. And,
1: um, so, interesting story with Lorraine that I have. So, when I found out that Ed died, I was actually doing. Uh, security patrol for the county and uh, i was on the west coast and i forgot that uh you know there was a time difference so i ended up calling at uh, four o'clock in the morning because i found their number and i was going to give my condolences uh it might have been earlier but then lorraine picks up the phone and she goes hello and i go hi and she goes honey it is four o'clock in the morning why are you calling that is rude and disrespectful i go ma'am i am so sorry i just wanted to give my condolences about ed and all that and she goes thank you honey i appreciate it but please don't do that and i get and i said i'm sorry and that's the only time i ever called lorraine and that's the only time i ever heard her voice i felt like such a douche but she handled it so well and and i I remember those specific words she always said honey you know it was always honey and and she seemed so sweet she was
0: she was a doll i mean I, i i would you know, I, I would go to just about every one of their lectures with them. Um, I also kind of doubled as their security because you know I, I am a big guy. You know, back yeah. then I was like 350 pounds, and you know, um, martial artist and, and big weightlifters and stuff. Yeah, you're uh, a tank. That was then. Now, well, I, yeah, that was actually one of my nicknames. It's funny you should say that. <laughs> now I go. Now I go to the gym. I start off with balloons. Yeah. You know? and, and if hey, I'm really you... feeling my oats, I'll blow them up.
1: I swear to God, man. But, you know, know, um, yeah, she
0: was very sweet. So Lorraine, you know, know, when people would badmouth them, um, if I was around, they would instantly be removed. But it's like, look, everybody's entitled to their opinion, and not everybody out there uh, is a fan of the Warrens or they have questions and question some of their cases and stuff like that. And that's fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinion, and I respect that. Yeah. Okay, but we need to be respectful. Exactly. You know, I, I,
1: I see that a lot, too. And, and it kind of makes me upset earlier uh, when I was on the phone with you and we had a personal conversation getting ready for the show. I was scrolling through Facebook and uh, one of uh, my friends posted something about the Shock Doc documentary. And, you know, she had made a comment that they were pioneers. And then all of a sudden, you know, a couple uh, of people like, oh, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a parapsychologist and all that stuff. Why do you say that the Warrens were pioneers? What did they really do for the paranormal? And some other person was like, yeah, this is good uh, publicity, all that. You know, they were mm-hmm. shit and all that. And I go, oh, my God, I was upset. I was like, you know what? It's Facebook. It's like- amendment i fought for the right to talk trash but i just kept on scrolling it just like it was rude and, and it hurt you know my whole thing is just like look i agree with you not everybody likes the Warrens, or they have their issues but the fact of the matter is you may not like the Warrens, but a lot of people are out there trying to be the Warrens. they want their right. own tv show they want to do this they want to do that and in some reference and and in some speck of their mind they are emulating the Warrens because in all honesty the Warrens were the pioneers they, they were, were
0: pioneers they yeah, were and it, I'll use that, I use that term all the time and the thing is the people that like the gentleman you described if yeah. you don't know the words yeah. you might know their work you might have seen them on tv you know but you don't know them like I do I know them as people yeah, yeah. Know, they're just people i'm just a guy i mean you're very flattering you know when you in your opening of the show and i appreciate that you know yeah. but you need to stay humble yeah. And in this and in this work, there's a lot of egos out there. Yes. And and you know, and, and I I try, I try to stay humble. It's one thing martial arts taught me. I took it for 27 years, is Damn. humility. I had a I my master Kim, my my sensei, was four foot nothing, and I could kiss kick my ass. Not kiss. Ass, sorry, <laughs> if he's <laughs> listening, I apologize. You know, but I mean, it yeah, size doesn't matter. You got to use your head. Yeah, You know, yeah. but strength, I mean, being a big, strong guy like that comes in handy when you're in cases like this. Yeah, I, mean, I was 350, 60 pounds on a case. I was picked up and thrown across the room like I was nothing.
1: And I want to go back. I want to go back. friendly ghost can't do that. No. And, and I want to go back to that specific case. Uh, so I want to backtrack a little bit. So you're in this room, right? This this is your first ever exposure to the paranormal, right? So you're in the room. What are you thinking? And, and how did this class... How did this meeting shape the rest of your life?
0: Well, you know, I remember sitting there and, and I honestly, quite honestly, I'll be honest with everybody. I had my doubts. I was scared out of my mind. I mean, yeah. and people were like Joe's scared. I'm like, yeah, I'm human. You know, people ask me all the time at lectures and stuff. You ever get scared? I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm a guy. I'm a moral yeah. man. I mean, of course I get scared. That's an emotion. That, you know, now I would call it more apprehensive than being scared. I'm very, I'm cautious, I'm apprehensive, you know, because I never know what's lurking around the next corner. Yeah. You know, but but when I when I first started, I mean I didn't I didn't go on my first case with them for probably about two years. Oh wow. Why why so you long? Know, it was, well, because you know, I, I mean I'd go I'd go on like cemetery excursions. Uh, yeah. And things like that. And I'll digress for a minute, if I may, because this is interesting.
1: Go ahead. Well, go ahead. Show's yours, it, the floor is yours.
0: Well, well, I'm I'm sorry, folks. I I, I jump around a lot, it's just the way my brain fires. <laughs> but um, they used to have some. The Warrens used to do something called a ghost safari. And my first ghost safari with them was back in it was '86 or '87. It was It was pretty pretty near after the first time I met them. And what we would do is we would meet at a place, um, a restaurant in a parking lot, you know, down the road from their home. And we would meet there, I don't know if we met there around 11 o'clock in the morning, and everybody would drive their own cars and be like a wagon train. The Warrens would take off and and lead us and would pull into a church parking lot and then we'd all get out, form a circle Ed and the raid would discuss one of the cases that happened at church and exorcism yeah you know and of course yeah, i'm getting the goosebumps you know remember mind you folks I'm, I'm 18 19 maybe 20 years old and i'm like this i don't what do i get myself into here yeah you know and and then as the years went on you know that 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 fear just you know kind of dissipates as you get more knowledge and experience but yeah. anyway um, going, so we would go on these, these ghost safaris, and we, there was a number of stops, Union Cemetery is a famous cemetery in Connecticut where the ghost of the white lady apparition has been allegedly seen. And I say allegedly because I haven't seen her myself, you know, and I got to believe when people are telling their stories that they've seen her, you know, um, yeah. you know, I, I'm not calling them a liar, but, you know, I, I'm, all, I'm my own biggest skeptic. I'm, yeah. I'm a show me kind of guy, you know, he's like, yeah. all right, I believe what you're saying is possible. But I need to see this. Yeah. So we end up at Dudley Town. I don't know how many people out there listening um, have heard of
1: Dudley Town in Connecticut. It's we've got like Kersh, Kersh like village. six people out. we got like six people on tonight.
0: Um, so the Dudley Town um, was the last stop on the tour and Uh, I know the Warrens kept saying he was low on gas, but he said, I'm going to go up there and park. And then they had another gentleman that um, was familiar with the terrain bring us down there because it had just come off his first heart attack and he couldn't make the trek. So Dudley Town, it's part of this area is part of the Appalachian Trail in Connecticut. So it's it's open to it's open to people during the day. But by dusk, you should be out of there, especially today, because. You know the the area where we were is part of the Dark Country Forest Association. It's a, it's like an HOA. Okay. And, and all the neighbors know each other, and they know each other's cars and stuff. And if they see someone up there parked and it's past you know six or seven and it's dusk, they'll call the police. They'll they get speed dial the state police and they come out. And if you're lucky, they'll just kick you out. Sometimes you yeah. get ticketed for trespassing, and sometimes if people aren't cooperative, we get arrested. So anyway, we go down in there. We see the ruins. The only thing left of Dudley Town today are just some old rock foundations that you would rock, walk right by if you didn't know what you were looking for. Yeah. All the, you know, the years of vegetation growth and felled trees and leaves and bushes, it, it's all covered up now. But back then, I'm going back, you know, 1988, 87, 88. And I haven't been there myself in probably 20 years. But I went down there. We came back up. And, you know, we had one final little circle and everybody, you know, said their goodbyes and, and salutations and everybody left. Well, then Laurel and I were the last ones to leave because I was hanging out with Ed in the rain and Ed's car wouldn't start. He's like, yeah, I can't get the car started. I ran out of gas. Okay. So I, I was one of those guys who used to carry a toolbox in his car. So I go, let's see if we can get it run. I didn't have any gas, but the nearest gas station was probably a couple miles down the road. Yeah. Um, so I take the tools out. I, I, I'm looking at the car. I start pumping the carburetor. I'm like, well, it's getting gas. There's gas squirting into the carburetor. Yeah. So, but it won't. But it wouldn't fire. It's just, you know, cranking. I'm like, so I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Twenty minutes or so go by, and I'm like, then something hits a light bulb and goes off of my head. I go, could it be that simple? So I go in. I check the fuse box, and I pull the fuel pump fuse, and it's blown. Oh wow. So it, coincidence maybe. Yeah. A lot of stuff has happened in Dudley Town. I don't think we, we only have an hour, so it's, I don't have time to go into everything. Well,
1: we got some, we got some time. No, we, 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 well, we, well, we got
0: a few. The fuse, the fuse, <laughs> the fuse had blown. So I said, OK, it didn't have a spare fuse. So I pulled the one from the radio. I wasn't using that anyway. Yeah. Plugged it, plugged it in. The car fired right up. They were so happy. That's awesome. They're like, oh, come on, kids, let's go get some gas and we'll go get dinner. I'm hungry. So yeah. always <laughs> hungry. <laughs> so we went out to a restaurant on Route Seven somewhere. I forget the name of it, but and we sat there and got you know even more acquainted. And then we went back to their house. By now it's about nine, ten o'clock at night, and we're sitting at their kitchen table, little you know like bref- breakfast nook they had in their kitchen. And Ed's telling me the story about Amityville. Oh, um, you know of what happened not only there but what happened to them after they got home. Oh. And he said, um, he was telling me this story. I remember him telling me that he, he heard this loud sound like sheet metal rattling. And all mm. of a sudden, coming up out of the basement stairs, you go down these stairs into the basement. And it was called his Halloween room. He used to have a casket down there with a dummy in it. At least yeah. I think it was a dummy. <laughs> I, I hope but so. But that was his, ha- his <laughs> Halloween room. And, and I continue that today because I have my own little Halloween room down here. And uh, shared with my lighthouses. Um, so... He's telling me the story. He said, you know, he heard this noise, and then all of a sudden, he saw this dark shadow coming up the stairs, like floating up the stairs, just this black mass. And he said it was solid; you couldn't see through it. Wow. And I said, he said it was a, it was just about as tall as the ceiling. And I'm like, oh my God! I'm like, Ed, where did that happen? He goes, right ah, right about where you're standing. I'm like, Jesus God. <laughs> I mean Meanwhile, I'm like, can I use your bathroom? <laughs> you know, I, I I was scared. I had goosebumps. I was like, oh my God! He's telling me about the Amityville case and what you know, what happened to him in the basement there. I don't know how many people know that story. You know, um, you know where he let's went go, down let's,
1: let's go into. Let's talk about Amityville. Well, I'm sorry, I'm,
0: my brain's firing
1: everywhere now because I. It's I, all good. It's all good
0: he told me this story where he went down into the basement and um, he's walking around in the basement and that's where they found like a makeshift uh, wall. They tore down the wall and they found uh, like an altar with a pentagram, like satanic worship in his house.
1: In
0: no, no in Amityville in the house. Okay. In the basement. So I believe that like Ronald DeFeo who killed his entire family there with high powered rifle in the middle of the night, you know, said that the dog talked to him and told him to do it. Um, you know, uh, was into some kind of satanic w- worship. And so Ed told me, he said, all of a sudden he felt like this wet blanket came over him and it knocked him to the ground. Oh, wow. And I remember he always kept a bottle of holy water in his pocket. You know, a good investigator always keeps a, light, a flashlight and a bottle of holy water and a crucifix. You know, this is the stuff they taught <laughs> me. I can hear him in my head right now. <laughs> he said he took the holy water out of his pocket and like doused himself with it. And he said, Whatever this was, it lifted off of him. He goes, Joe, I never touched the stairs. Oh. He goes, we got out of that house. And he told me, he goes, he believed that that house was like a gateway to hell. He goes, I would not go back in that house for any amount of money. I swear to God, this is what he said. Wow. Now, the, the Lutzes only asked them, and both Ed and Lorraine told me this, the only thing they wanted from that house was the deed. They didn't want yeah. the furniture. They had valuables, like her grandmother's china was there and pewter set or whatever. Yeah. You know, I, now I'm just, I'm just telling everybody what they told me. I, I you know I don't know how much of this is fact, but they said that the only thing that George and Kathy Lutz asked them to retrieve from the home was the deed to the house. Hmm. They only lasted like 28 days in the house. Yeah. You know, so he, he, he told me it was, I wouldn't go back in that house. That's how bad Ed felt it was. Lorraine couldn't get past like the second floor. She said that it felt like there was this force that was holding her back.
1: It, it seems know. like it seems like uh, a lot of the movies, especially the the last Conjuring movie, "The Devil Made Me Do It." It seems like they may have infused a couple of their cases uh, into this. I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, there was there was a scene where I guess they had found a satanic object uh in the house and mm-hmm. so I, I don't ever remember that being part of the the arnie johnson case the devil made do deal
0: I, I don't either to be honest with you uh, i'm trying to remember i mean i know arnie uh and i knew debbie debbie passed uh recently yeah. Yeah. um unfortunately um i wasn't involved in that case but that was a pretty bad case right in brookfield connecticut uh huh. and the dinosaur that belonged to a uh, little david that yeah. thing walked and talked with no batteries it had no batteries Yeah. No, I didn't witness that, but that was what they told me. Now that dinosaur is in the museum. Yeah. You know, I've been nose to nose nose with that thing.
1: (laughs) I've heard, you know, I've heard some conflicting stories. I heard that uh, little David. Now, I guess he's recently come out within the past couple of years, stating that it was just mental illness or this and that. And I don't know. Maybe he's not happy with the publicity, but you know, I I I know that uh,
0: there was a rift between the families and stuff. And I'm not sure if there was a lawsuit involved or not. I'm really not sure, but. Uh, and I wouldn't speak of it if I it was. It's not my, my place. But uh, yeah. Yeah. a lot of a lot of stuff went down uh, in yeah. that case. And um, so the first case was about the farmhouse. And the second case was based on the Enfield, England case. Yeah. In this case, and, and not to get off this case, the, the devil in Connecticut, um, but I had a similar thing happen to me. And it's happened a couple times. But the first time it happened to me, my son was a baby in his crib and no wait a minute. let me back up a second yeah my son was a baby in his crib i'm trying to remember if he was born yet or not but yeah he was in the crib i remember we were in bed and we were talking about my dad who had just passed not that long before uh and i was just talking about my dad and stuff my dad died of um, basically died of lung cancer so
1: um, i'm sorry to hear that brother my condolences well, thank you.
0: he passed away in 94 you know and, you know, so I don't know. Laurel and I were talking about our parents. Her parents died at 50 and 51, respectively. Um, you know, They're very young when they passed. So um, all we had was my mom left when, when my kids were born. But anyway, we're, we're talking about everything. And, and, and it was therapeutic for her to talk about it because she lost so many family members. And um, I remember we go to sleep. Uh, it's like one o'clock in the morning. Everything happens at one or two o'clock in the morning. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. But all of a sudden, we had. A, if people remember, there used to be something called the Sing and Snore Ernie, you know, Ernie from Sesame Street. Yeah, I remember uh, that. S- Sing and Snore Ernie, and all of a sudden, my wife wakes me up. She's like, "Do you hear that? Do you hear that?" I'm like, "What? I, I, I could sleep uh, through a freight train going through the room." So I'm like, "What?" So she wakes me up, and I hear this thing go, "I feel great. I feel great. I feel <laughs> great." And it just it wouldn't stop. Now this is something that the doll was programmed to say. Yeah. So I'm like, why is this thing going off? I mean, my son's asleep in his crib, and, and the, the doll was in his little red wagon across the room. So no one was so- in there playing with it, and it wasn't, it wasn't the cat. I don't think we had a cat at the time, and we didn't have a dog. But anyway, I, I feel great. I feel, And it wouldn't stop. Finally, I go, shut the blank up. I hear you. Okay, you feel great. Go back to sleep. I was so tired, I just went back to sleep. The <laughs> next morning, Laurel's like, she's like, would you look at that doll? That creeped me out. I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So I go upstairs, and I pick up the thing, and I look, and there's no batteries in it. What? No, I no way. I kid you not, as God as my judge, <laughs> there's no batteries in it. Wow. That's I'm strange. like, oh, that's strange. So immediately, you know, I knew something was up. Yeah. Now, now, listen, this is this to me is a beautiful story because I took that as a sign from my dad saying, hey, I'm fine. I feel good now.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, because he suffered with with lung cancer. Of course, when you
1: smoke like a chimney for 40 years. What do yeah, you expect? Yeah.
0: yeah but it's, know, it was
1: in context with the conversation you were having with your yeah, wife. It so. was.
0: It, yeah. it actually was. You know, so like when my wife, you know, and I'll get to the point in a second. But my wife sees a rainbow. She takes that as a sign from the other side yeah. from her family that they're smiling down on her. And I remember we were with Ed and Lorraine one day. Dri- he was, Jed, Ed loved to do the driving. And and Laurel was telling the story about the rainbow. And Ed said to her, if you feel in your heart and your soul and your mind that that's a sign from your loved ones, then it is. Because who's going to tell you it's not? Yeah. Well, I remember him saying that. And I always say that to people now when they approach me. And I give Ed credit for that. But I say, you know, if you feel that. You know, like with, with my daughter now, it's ladybugs. You know, my yeah. daughter just wrote a book about my mom. You know, it's a children's book that deals with yeah. people deal with loss. And my mother loved ladybugs and she was um, very, you know, very deep in her Irish heritage. She was a maiden name was Quinn. Okay. So her and Emily used to, you know, look, at, look for four-leaf clovers in the grass when my daughter was small. So my my daughter wrote a book called you know the ladybug that lived on a four leaf clover and the ladybug oh. is my mom and the, the the glasses on the ladybug was my idea I just want everybody to know that oh, okay you know that because sounds, my mother wore glasses so that sounds like a cute little
1: uh, uh, I, I, diagram
0: it's 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 so funny my daughter is in Maine this week on vacation she texted us today through our family chat yeah and she's like I'm on the beach and all of a sudden a ladybug landed on her chair I wow me. that is so it just cool. Happened. Well, this happens all the time. It happened to me when I was out cutting the lawn. I have a ladybug welcome flag on my lawn. I went to grab the flag to put it back when I was done cutting the grass. And there was a ladybug on the ladybug flag. One oh, ladybug. That's and I go, so like, oh, hey, mom, how are you? You know, kind of thing. But yeah, we, we've had countless stories of, uh, you know, one of my daughters or my son or my wife seeing a ladybug. My wife saw one at the parade. There was a parade. My mother loved parades. And they went to the parade. I stayed home to do yard work and they're at the parade. And all of a sudden there's a ladybug lands on my wife's arm. That's amazing.
1: You know, I think when when you start, when you start understanding the supernatural in itself too, I mean, you know, it can be a beautiful thing as well. I mean, it it is.
0: And and, and a lot of times it is. People get freaked out when I smell the perfume. That was my mother's perfume. I'm like, well, then it's your mom coming to say hi. Yeah. Don't get scared. I mean, I know it could be unnerving, but you know, not everything is demonic and evil. TV and Hollywood will have you believe that because that's what sells. Yeah, yeah, it
1: makes money. You know, just for like for a, a sake, few years everybody's ago. He's
0: a demonologist today.
1: It's ridiculous. That's true. That's true. I, I had made a post yesterday on uh, on my profile because we had another conversation and I just went off. I go, oh man, everybody says. I know. I... I, every, I
0: started a everyone's,
1: every, <laughs> everyone's a demonologist. Everyone's a divine intervention specialist. Everyone's a a fraudulent, a, a clear fraudulent, and all that stuff. So it's 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 crazy, man. But
0: well, what really gets me, uh, Ken, is when people say oh, I'm an exorcist. No, you're not an exorcist. No, you're not. Look, uh, there are layman's forms of exorcism. What you could yeah. say prayers of deliverance. Now you could speak on this better than I can, but yeah, you know, you, anybody could say prayers of deliverance, which are very powerful prayers. But is not the right of exorcism, and only no. a trained exorcist, and it has to be sanctioned by the bishop. Stop me if I'm wrong. Yeah, and no, you're right. You have right. to be trained. You have to be trained at the Vatican. Yep. You know, and and it has to be sanctioned. You can't just go out and do an exorcism. The power of yep. Christ compels you. Okay, you're fine now. Pay me. Yeah, yeah,
1: I, yeah and, know, for it's, it's little, and for us, it's a little different because we're uh, we're independent Catholic. But uh, my uh, my bishop trained under Father Amorth. Mm -hmm. And so I got my training from them and I'm still going through training and, you know, and I hate that because, you know, I am the assistant to the chief exorcist, but I grew up, you know, in spiritual deliverance ministry, but you have to have a certain grace upon you, you know, um, you know, and, and, you know, the sad part is, is that a porter is a higher position than an exorcist. When you look at the, uh, Mm -hmm. when you look at the stature, you know what I mean? So that should tell you something. Mm -hmm. I mean. Being an exorcist in itself, uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of prayer. It's it's tough. It is tough. You're dealing with a lot of different things, and you have to be in the right state of mind because if not, that's not going to go well. And not only that, though, you know, most demons, well, demons, their hierarchy, they they understand structure and legalism, and so they'll know if you have authority. You know, just like in the Bible, uh, when the when the other prophets tried to pray for that guy, and they said, "I know the prophet Isaiah or Elijah, but you, I don't know." Who are you? You know, mm-hmm. so these demons, these entities, they understand. So it's more than just praying in itself. It's more than just praying in itself. It, it's like you have to be prepared. You have to be in a continual state of grace. You have to be, you know, uh admonished of all your sins. You have to have a decent spiritual life. And that's what I do with my team. Right. You know, my team is like I tell my team, look. So I have this little routine. If I feel like that we are going to go into a case that's potentially demonic, I send my team a video of Latin exorcism. And most of my team does not understand exorcism. But mm-hmm. if there is any type of attachment or any type of demonic entity that may be attached to my team during a personal life. You know, that that sound in itself will make them uncomfortable or it will make them upset or for whatever reason, they'll I'll have
0: nauseous a nauseous or something.
1: Yeah, They'll feel nauseous and once I hear back from them and they tell me how they feel, I go, okay, cool. Yeah, you can't be on this case because we're not saying, I'm not saying that you're possessed, but you have some spiritual stuff you got to fix. And if we go into a case right now and it truly is demonic, then you're going to be the next victim.
0: Yeah, that's very true. That's very okay. true. But, you know, and some people may get upset with me when I say things like that, but it's only because I care and I don't want anybody to get afflicted by this. Yeah. You know, it, a lot of people out there, I mean, when I started, let me back up a second. When I started this work, if, you know, internet was non-existent then, but, yeah. you know, there was only a handful of people, um, yeah. you know, like the Warrens, um, you know, J- you know, John Zaffis, who's Ed's nephew, uh, Yeah. doing this, you know, for 40 years. And there are people out there that were, were doing the work, you know, but yeah. now, God, you do an internet search and type in, you know, paranormal group and they, it, it's
1: like, oh my God. It's like a Starbucks. Like, there's one every corner. Well, it's crazy. It's like I always
0: say it's like you got to go through the weeds to find the flowers, you know. But, yeah. you know, look, there are a lot of people that can do this work and they do good work. Yes. I'm not knocking anybody. But then there's a lot of people that are just in for the thrill of it all. And it's not yeah. funny. It's not it's not a game. If a family contacts you and they're legitimately scared, they may or may not have any kind of affliction going on or, you know, a paranormal activity, but in their mind, it's very real. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying they're making it up. One of the first questions I ask them though, is how many of these TV shows do you watch? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, because that is, it's, it makes it psychosomatic. It's in your head already. Oh yeah. We love them. We watch them all and blah, 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 you know, the, the yep. horror movies and stuff. But then, I get people that go, I never watch those. They bother me. I, they scare me. I don't like them. Yeah. You know, so you got to ask some of those type of questions when, in your question, when you're questioning uh, clients because, you know, that can make a big difference. You got one person, you get the whole family together, and then you separate them. Like
1: the Ma- and, and then yeah. mass hysteria. You know, and I, I've had, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the I haven't done as many cases of you, as you have, but within sure the past- Two and a half years with the foundation, I've done about 40 intake interviews uh, and maybe five or 10 physical investigations, five, five physical investigations. And you would be surprised at what you just said. Most of the clients that contact us are like, Yeah. I like ghost adventures. I like ghost hunters. I watch all these shows. I read these books on demonology. I did a Google search. I did this and that, and I'm sure that it's a demon. I'm sure that it's a poltergeist and all that. It's <laughs> like uh, everything, you know, everything. So that self-diagnosis is, is is self-destructive in a sense because, you know, now you have an individual who probably experienced a natural occurrence, you know, of the, of the water pipe busting, and now they're attributing it to the paranormal. But now that they've read these books and they've watched these shows, now they're giving a self-diagnosis which I think potentially that self-diagnosis can lead you to be more open and mm-hmm. can it be a conduit or a door or a gate for real activity to, to, mm-hmm. to transpire. I don't know. I might be wrong. What's your opinion?
0: And I, I hate self-diagnosis just like an auto mechanic. hates yeah. when people diagnose a car. Well, you know, I think it's ticking. I think it's the rocker arm. You know, like, yeah. you know I'm the mechanic. Let me, let me check it out. <laughs> you know, but yeah. you know, one thing that bothers me, um, and it, and I take it to heart because, like I, I was saying, families reach out for help. They yeah. may be legitimately scared. Now, you know, now you get a team that's like, oh, boy, we
1: got a case. Okay. You know, so yeah. they set
0: up an investigation date and they go there with all the toys that they buy on, you know, I don't know, GhostHunterStore.com.
1: Yeah, yeah, ghoststop.com, which, which, amazon.com. Which,
0: hey, yeah, yay capitalism, but whatever. I don't believe in any of that stuff, but, okay. you know, I'm old school. Yeah, you know, I'm like, if something has the intelligence where it wants to communicate, then it will. And trust me, you don't want that. Yeah, you don't want that because now I go back to the story where I was picked up and thrown across the room. Yeah, let's let's go to that. I didn't need a a tape recorder for that.
1: Let's let's go back to that. Let's let's Uh, go to let's go to your first paranormal experience. Your first. I guess, serious oh. or severe paranormal experience. And let's go to the case where you were tossed across the room like a rag doll.
0: Well, uh, I can't remember what, what my first one is right now. Is, but, um, well, I do, actually. But I'll tell you that in a minute. <laughs> this, this, this case, I was, I was oh, there was a few of us. The homeowners were there, uh, a couple of investigators. And, you know, like I said, I, I'm a big guy. And I keep saying that because, you know, I was thrown like I was nothing. All of a sudden, they just, it's like. You know a couple of you know huge linebackers just do drove their shoulders into me and threw me up against the wall yeah I was scared out of my mind people are like well weren't you scared I'm like yeah <laughs> yeah I was scared but you know what you can't show it you know if you're going out to a home and, and and something happens and you run screaming from the building not only do you ruin your own credibility but you just left the family hanging yeah people that are trusting you f- for help so I got up and I was I was pissed. Yeah, I'm like, is that all you got? And I'm like, you son of a bitch! You know, I was I was going berserk. I was so angry. Wow. Then a, a two liter bottle of soda came flying around the corner and almost it clipped my nose. It almost hit me in the side of the head. Oh wow! It was just, I just moved my face enough that it clipped my nose. I actually think I got a bloody nose from it. Oh, and damn. Sma- and then we hear all this commotion running the kitchen, and all the chairs were stacked on top of the table. Oh, is that and that
1: it, video that's on YouTube? I think I've seen it. Were you in that video where the chairs no, were No, this is a or? different
0: case, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. This, this was, this, and, you know, I, I was, I mean, I was terrified. I mean, uh, you know, I, I was, I didn't, I was terrified, but I wasn't running out. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm standing my ground here. So I remember bits and pieces about that, and and, and that house I believe was successfully exercised, um, yeah. not by me because you know you got to be an exorcist to do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I could I could call John down the street though. I think his website says he's an exorcist. So
1: yeah, I mean that's true. Well, you know I I, I I do believe too that you know uh, not everybody you know not everybody is is Catholic in a sense, and everybody has their own. know uh denomination christianity you know because i I grew up protestant myself and i just recently about two years ago converted over to catholicism which is you know i fell in love with the traditions and i was in seminary school and i was like you know what i can either stay the course or 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 go somewhere where i feel it's going to be more suited for me so i i became an independent catholic priest and it was a beautiful thing because there was a lot more understanding when it came to spiritual deliverance and demonic possession Mm -hmm. um and so what I want to say is that there are a lot of groups out there, Protestant groups, that will try to go to a house and they will try to exercise a demon or they will try to do this. But in reality, they don't have the legal authority spiritually to do that because all they're just doing is blabbing off words. There are people. You're who I do stirring think,
0: a hornet's nest.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, and, I, and I do believe that there are people out there who do have the discernment of the Holy Spirit and are gifted with this gift and not necessarily are Catholic, but they do have uh, a gift given from God to help with this. But... You know, I think absolutely, that's far, absolutely yeah. there are people out there that can't. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. But I'm talking about and, and, and I'm, I know I'm going to get angry. Joe
1: Schmuckatelli. Yeah. You're talking about Joe Schmuckatelli down the street. Yeah,
0: I'm, yeah, I'm going to get angry mail about this one, but I don't like now this is just me, folks. So please don't send hate mail. But I don't <laughs> like when when groups wear all these T-shirts that say yeah. you know, it's OK to have your group's name on a T-shirt. I got a problem with that. Yeah. But I've seen people with on the back of their T-shirt. It's splattered. Investigations one hundred percent free. Yeah, yeah. Or a pair parent- and, like,
1: <laughs> uh, oh,
0: and I must like. I don't. I would never say anything to him. I would never insult anybody publicly. But it drives me berserk. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It just. It drives me berserk. I have no problem with with a team having like nice collared polo shirts with the name of the group or whatever. That's professional yeah. looking.
1: That's what you we know, do at the foundation, except that we well, don't wear any logos. You know, yeah, we have. Look, I'm not trying to offend anybody, so I just want to apologize. apologize. Oh no, I'm not I mean, trying
0: not. to offend anybody. It's just my personal opinion.
1: No, no need know. to apologize because my it's it's well established and my audience knows that we, uh, you know, everything that we say is just opinion, and sometimes you know we we use strong vocabulary to get the point across. So the listeners that are here, they're very faithful, and so there's no doubt in my yeah, mind that have mercy they're, on they're, me. <laughs> yeah, they're going to get offended. <laughs> Especially I don't Melissa like... Keen. Uh, Melissa Keen's a meanie over here. She's, oh my gosh, she says no reason yeah. why uh, Lorraine didn't talk to you anymore. I would be dropping f bombs. Okay, Melissa. All right, I got the point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I've got to go, not, I don't go think, back to sure. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because um, yeah, I want to tell you about the story about my first really bad case. But uh, you know, Lorraine, I don't think the woman would say shit if she had a mouthful of it. She was just a sweet, grandmotherly lady. With a special gift, and she devoted her life to helping people, and ended, yeah. you know, the and that's what I'm doing, and that's what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. And and you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that want to do this work, and I applaud that. I applaud the fact that if your heart's in the right place and you really want to help people, what I can't stand, and I'm going to say it, is the egos. Yeah. Okay. The people that you know, you know, it just had. Re- recently, was going back and forth with Chris about some lady, and she's not even in this country, but I don't uh, know. She's in Spain. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I was talking to Chris earlier.
0: Yeah. Like, she's like, yeah, Do you know yeah, who I, I, I am? She says to Chris, Do you know who I am? I'm like, No, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, the, the, I was the day I say that to somebody, do you know who <laughs> I am? No. You, look, we all bleed the same. You know, yeah, th- yeah. you know, I'm no better than anybody else. I might have a little more knowledge and experience, but I'm no better than anybody else. I'm just a guy. You know you got. Yeah, I,
1: <laughs> I, I heard that. I heard that. I was like, wow, you know, because uh, you know, these were two of my Spanish members, because I'm the director for the Spanish region, and I guess they were at a yeah, at a Warrens conference in Spain, and so this lady, I guess she was, that. I guess, I guess she was, I guess she was upset that um, she wasn't invited into the Warren Legacy Foundation. Do you know who I am? This and that. Like, I don't care who you are. I can give. Excuse my French. Forgive me, Father, for have sin. I don't give two shits who you are. You know, once you start saying, do you know who I am? I I don't care. You know, and and that's the problem that I have, too. Like, I have a lot of people that I'm connected with on Facebook. You know, sometimes I like their content. Sometimes people request me. And there are a lot of things that I see that I don't like, but I keep quiet, you know, but then I see the egos and I go, oh, you know what? I got to disconnect from you. I, I can't do that, man. You know, just I don't give a shit if you had a TV show. I don't care how many books you've written, you know, uh, You know, don't sit here and post on your Facebook. I'm going to conduct an exorcism on this house and this and that. And you're going to show up in tore up jeans and a freaking Iron Maiden shirt, you know, with with everything sticking out. And uh, come on, man. You know,
0: you know, I I don't (laughs) have a problem with someone promoting themselves because, you you know, you need to promote yourself and get your name out there. Yeah. Okay, but you know what? I just the ego stuff and, you know, (sighs) It, it, don't, come on, don't folks. Be a you got to stay you got to stay humble, but you also got to be able to walk the talk. And most of you, most of the folks can't.
1: Yeah, no, you know, anybody
0: agree. could anybody could sit and, and claim they're an exorcist and a demonologist and all this. Yeah. I just saw one Facebook page where two pages were <laughs> on this, on that, on this, on that. I'm like, yeah, you not. I'm just <laughs> sitting there and I'm laughing. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, we you
1: know, had that conversation. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Especially yeah. when you don't believe in in what you're saying. You know, don't sit here and say that you're an exorcist and you know you're a demonologist, but yet you have no faith at all whatsoever. Your faith is your ego. Come on, man.
0: <laughs> it's crazy. But if uh, just in case you guys are waiting for me to tell this story, I want to tell it because I'm so sorry. I get off topic all the no, time. No, it's cool. It's good. Chris yeah. yells at me for that all the time. He's like, stay on topic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh okay so we're at a lecture i remember in meriden connecticut and i'm in the back like usual just you know watching the show and make sure everyone's behaving themselves and um i guess somewhere somewhere uh during the lecture or whatever ed got a call and he summons me and we go out in the hallway he goes i need you to go to this address and it was probably about a half hour away from bristol connecticut I need you to go to this address right away. His family's having some problems. And so, you know, I didn't know much about the case at all. Just what he told me, I need you to go there, uh, write down, record, whatever you can, blah, blah, blah. Take so-and-so with you. I think I had one one person with me. So we go out there, and this is a condo now. It's, it's, a, it, it, it's a condominium complex. And um, I, I find the right one. I knock on the door. And... The family, like, they, like, pull me in the door and hug me. And I never met them. They're just, like, they were so happy that someone was there to try to give them some help. So let me tell you, this is what I'm going to describe to you. I walk in the door. The living room is to my left, or I'm walking into the living room, and to the right is, like, the kitchen area. Everything, every belonging, every piece of clothing that these people owned, bedding, pillows... Blankets, clothes, toys, everything was jammed in the living room. They had the wow. mattresses strewn on the floor. The family was so terrified, they all huddled together in the living yeah. room because it yeah. could be close to the door to get out. That's how scared they were. Yeah, And I had sad. never in my life, I might have been 21, 22, I never in my life saw anything like this. Wow. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, so I'm like, what's going on? So you start to, to tell me, that what they're experiencing and, and there was a baby there too and the baby oh. was the, they, were, they had a baby and they had a ba- the baby would go in the bassinet and they said they, they, they would see these dark hooded beings floating down the hallway and then one one time the, mo- the mother turned around and said she looked and there was one that was like bending over like it was looking into the baby looking into the bassinet or, or whatever and she ran and grabbed it and ran out of the house You know, um, when they would go to the bathroom, they would leave the bathroom door ajar. And the person that was like sitting on the toilet doing their business would have their hand sticking out the door, holding the hand of a family member while they stood outside in the hallway. Oh, poor thing. They would see they were terrified. I'm like, oh, my God, there's got to be something to this. These people are not
1: making this up. Yeah. you just you just can't fake that type of. uh, I was like.
0: I mean, I was scared. I was excited. I'm like, oh, my God. I said, sorry. So we set up whatever equipment we had, some video cameras, some recorders. And I said, well, where's where's the center of the activity? And they said, the back bedroom. Always in the back bedroom, I guess, right? So I, I make a beeline for the back bedroom. And they said, you walk in the door to the back bedroom. The bedroom opens up to the left, and to the right is a sliding door, and there's a closet. And I think there was like one or two toys on the floor. Um, And that was it. Everything else. There wasn't a TV in there. There wasn't a bed. There was not a stitch of furniture because everything was in the living room. Yeah. Yeah. So I I went in there and I'm videoing and, um, you know. It was just really just eerie because, I mean, this is somebody's home. Yeah. That's my biggest pet peeve. And it pisses me off when someone's afraid to live in their home or go to a certain room or like yeah. the attic or the basement. Cause you know, that's where everything happens. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like I have people who wouldn't go down into the laundry room because of the experiences in the basement. I'm like, this is your home. You're paying a mortgage on and you're afraid to go in it. Yeah. I'm like, that's that, that drives me up the wall. And I got another story on that if we have time, but yeah. anyway, I, I stayed there. Um, basically I stayed the whole night till the sun came up, you know, they felt better when the sun was up, even though the activity would happen at all hours. It wasn't just, you know, Because people have asked me, why does everything always happen at night? I said, it's not true. Yeah. I said, that's what TV wants you to believe, because it's it's dark, you know. Ooh, you know, the scare factor. Yeah. But um, the night was pretty much uneventful. Uh, I don't think we we got anything. And I think this was like a Saturday. Two days later, that Monday or Tuesday, I forget, Bishop McKenna came and did an exorcism there. Mm. And I wasn't there because I was working, I guess. But I wasn't there. But um, I was told, Ed told me it was successful, and they actually did smell roses. Oh, wow. After the exorcism was done. The family moved anyway, because they didn't want to be part of that. But um, I'm just trying to tell everybody that this was a real case. This family was terrified. They they said they would see, like, the face of an old man with a gnarled face looking back at them from the bathroom um, yeah. mirror. That's why they... When anybody had to go to the bathroom, they avoided the mirror, but they would they would have somebody outside the bathroom holding their hand. Oh, wow. I mean, I couldn't I'd never seen anything like it in my life, you know, and, you know, this really taught me a lot to to live these experiences with the family. But they they were able to sleep that night because we were there. Yeah, it was just me and somebody else. I forget who was with me, to be honest with you. But there's two of us. I'm like, you guys go in there and lay down in the living room and try to get some rest. I'm going to sit in the back bedroom. Yeah. I sat in the back bedroom for probably a couple of hours by myself with the recorder going and just kind of staring at the closet and yeah. you know, I didn't see anything. Um, but as many people may know, you know, if these things they have, they have the wisdom of the ages. They know I'm coming. They know yeah. why I'm there. They know and they don't they don't want to deal with me. Yeah. And it's not because they're afraid of me, but, you know, in a way they are, because, you know, it's like, if we confront these things and we say, you know, tell me your name, demon, you know, you can weaken it. You know, yeah. oh, you've you divulged your name to me. I know who you are now. Yeah. You know, um, things like that. I mean, that's it's a lot of truth to that, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that was that was a pretty, pretty hairy case for that family. Uh, but I was only there that one night. And then, like I said, they moved and Shortly thereafter, and it was exercised and, and everything by Bishop McKenna. If you guys know who, who he was, uh, he's passed away now. A yeah. Years yeah. ago. Um, but uh, there's another story, uh, I'm, and I'm full of stories, so I got zillions of them. But there was another story. I was trying to help this family. It was the middle of the summer. It was July. Uh, this family had fled their home in fear uh, from this activity that was going on there. I mean, they had stuff flying around and. Uh, kid's toy was going on without batteries in it. Another case like yeah. that. Um, they'd be sitting there watching TV, and they had, like, their DVDs stacked on top of the TV. And, like, one by one, it was like somebody was pushing them off. Oh, wow. there was just one would slide off, then another one would slide off. and So it's not like a truck going by and causing a vibration, you know? So this... The, it was two sisters. It was a big house. They split it. It was a it was a duplex, but they they knocked down the walls and made it like one big house. It was huge, yeah. okay. So, um, my buddy Orlando and I get there, and it's about le- ten thirty or eleven o'clock on a Saturday morning in July because I remember it was hot. Yeah. So. Um, I, we pull up the driveway and the two sisters are sitting on the steps. I was like, "Oh, you, you, it's hot, ladies. You don't have to, you know, wait for us outside. You could have waited in the house." They're like, "We're not going in the house until you got here. We're not <laughs> going back in house. They wouldn't go in their own house. That, i yeah. So I'm like, I was like, "Really? This is your house." They what happened was when they they fled at Christmas time, in December, and it, mm. this is significant in the moment. They fled and they were living with their father in his their father's apartment the whole family because they both had kids small yeah. kids one of them was an eight-year-old boy who was autistic and that's his room was the epicenter of the activity okay oh, wow. yeah so uh, so they were living and the father I learned about it because I was coaching my son was young and his, I was volunteer coach in baseball and a, and a friend of the father was a coach and we knew each other. And he's like, Joe, my, my you know, my friend at work is—they work together. He, 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 my friend at works is having his daughter's having some kind of problem. I said, Well, here's my card. Have him call me. Yeah, that's how it's that's how it started. So anyway, yeah. we go in the house and they're like behind us. We I go in first. I'm like, All right, come on, let's go in. Walk through the whole house. They show me everything. They show me the little boys' room, and I could feel something. Like, okay, I say, I feel something. I don't. I didn't feel that it was demonic, but yeah. I felt something. I didn't know what it was, but I go in the little kid's room, all you know, just in the eight-year-old like, boys' room, plenty of toys and stuff, you know. Uh, but they they would point, and like that toy right there went off, and we took the batteries out, and it would still go off. Wow, you know, that's crazy, and, st- and stuff like that. So this kind of stuff really does happen, folks. It it happens. It's happened in my own house. So. Yeah. What, what we did was, all right, we, we interviewed them. We went down to the kitchen we interviewed them. We asked all our questions, videotaped everything. Um, and I said, well, listen, why don't you, why don't we invite, and, and they were very uh, devout Catholics too. So they had a parish priest. Yeah. So we, we, I had them ask their priest to come over um, uh, one night that week. And, you know, I said, have, you know, get some pizza and have Father come over and bless the house. Just do a house blessing. So. The priest comes over, I'm there, Orlando's there, uh, the, the, the two ladies are there. So he's going through the house, and he's blessing the home, and he's reciting the prayers. and He gets to the little boy's room, and, and he walks in, and I'm out in the hallway. I let Father go in there by himself, and yeah. he blessed the room, and instead of turning around and walking out, he backed out of the room. I don't know why, oh. was Just that was just odd to me. Yeah, he backed he backed out of the room almost totally into the hallway, and then he stopped. Then he took a couple more steps into the room, blessed the room again with the holy water. He turns around and he looks at me. He's like, uh, uh, "Joe, I have to go." Wow. I said, "Are you okay, Father?" He's like, "I, I just have to go."
1: So and did he? He so wouldn't did...
0: explain any. Any he, he 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 beat it out of there. I'm like. Yeah. I thought he was getting ill or something. And I said, Father, are you okay? Yeah, I just have to go. Yeah. So he abruptly leaves. And we're all, you know, we're all looking at each other. I was just as stymied as everybody else. I'm like, okay, you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, so, so look, people have to understand. And, and you know, Father. Yeah. Pe- priests are people first. Yeah, we are. Right? not Mm. not any any priest father joe down the street can't do an exorcism. no you can't just call up hey father joe can you go and come exercise my house it doesn't work that way yeah you know i mean you have to bring overwhelming evidence to the church
1: well yeah so it's it's a scary thing uh so i helped perform an exorcism with chris last year uh i won't go into too much details with a female in another country and so this female was a tattoo artist and she specialized a lot in, uh, in in dark work, magic sigils, ritualistic stuff, and so she had gone to get some Reiki done, and she had established a relationship with the Reiki master, and so the Reiki performed uh, the Reiki master performed something on her, a healing or a cleansing, and for some reason, I guess that didn't go too well because then she started exhibiting signs of demonic infestation, oppression, and all that stuff. So a couple of priests went over, and they left because they said, you know what, this is too scary. They did a full psych and all that stuff. She was cleared to go. There was a team out there, so during the course of this exorcism, she was sitting down. She was only five foot three, one hundred and twenty pounds. She mm-hmm. took her brother, who was a six foot three, three hundred pounds Scandinavian Viking,
0: mm-hmm.
1: from the sitting down position. She took him and tossed him across the room and broke his arm. And I started talking to her in Spanish, and she understood. But this woman was a French. Uh, she was French, and she only had an eleventh grade education. There was no way she was able to understand what I was saying in Spanish. And she was talking back in Spanish to me and and mind you, you know, I wasn't physically there. This was, you know, we were helping out virtually because we had exhausted all resources, but even then she knew things about me through a video that, you know, but I kept up. Was
0: it, was it her
1: talking or was it, it wasn't her. It wasn't, it was her, it was a different voice. It was a double voice. Um,
0: what was it saying? And so, can you can you
1: say? Uh, well, you know, so it was basically saying, I understand what you're saying. Uh, and then it just started repeating what I was saying in Spanish. And then uh, it said, your God is not strong. Your God is not strong. And I was like, okay, well, I started praying, and there's another person there. And so we like to think that, you know, we, we did the blessing because we had another uh, clergy on, on site there with another team. And so we were, we were able to successfully deliver her uh, through this, you know, minor right, well, exorcism, so to speak, yeah. and she fell back into possession, because we told her exactly what she needed to do, but the unfortunate part is her job was demonic tattoos, demonic sigils, and so she was okay for a few months, and she started doing more work, and she came under demonic possession again, and
0: so did you, her. did you guys figure out, um, I, I think Chris had told me something about yeah, the or have, but hanging out. What, the, what was the origin, where, where was the entry point? So because, the entry point,
1: the entry point was her going down with her friends middle of the night in a cemetery messing with the Ouija board. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that was one of the Ouija every, board.
0: Yeah, oh my god, I could tell you a story.
1: So, so, so I've got some questions for you, uh, you know, because we we've got some I'm time. I'm sorry,
0: I know I do I do I No, it's okay. Much.
1: So you know, we're allowed to go. <laughs> we are allowed to go over the airtime because there's no one else after us. But uh, George Cannon has a question for you. George wants to know what was your relationship with Annabelle. Well, Annabelle, um,
0: like, you know, w- w- was always in her case in the museum. Uh, I had on, I believe, two occasions handled her yeah. uh, under the supervision of Ed Warren. But um, he made me put these gloves on. You know, so Annabelle is a fascinating to- topic. The doll, it's it's just a raggedy end doll. Yeah. It's just, it's, so it's not the doll itself. It's the story behind it. Yeah, you know, I don't know if everybody knows this story. It, it's a pretty lengthy story, but you know, the doll alleged to have um, been possessed by multiple demons, I believe. And there was a story once where um, uh, a guy picked the doll up and said, you know, um, God is stronger than any devil. And he threw the thing around. He's like, you know, he threw the thing down and yeah. crossed the room. And that guy got on his motorcycle and and, and got into an accident on the way home and was killed. Yeah. Could that, that could be a coincidence? Could be a coincidence. Yeah. But, you know, one thing um I know I get off topic, but Ed. one thing Ed always said was, yeah, God is stronger than any demon, but no man is. That's true. No, no woman is.
1: Okay. Uh, sa- same so, thing with the priest, right? Uh uh what was it? Was it it wasn't yeah, Father, was it it was Father McKenna, was it? Who no. took Okay, who took No,
0: out? no. I mean this this goes back. I mean I was a little boy. I didn't even know them then. This is back in yeah. the 70s okay have you know, the annabelle case i think it was 74 or something but i mean annabelle is always in her case there are always prayers said around to keep whatever is there if it's still there within the case within the doll um the doll is taken out which i don't agree with when they take the doll out for showings yeah, uh, yeah. or events but you know, it's not like I, you know, Ed said, yeah, just took, take her home for a couple of days and, you know, go sleep with you or something. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm being funny, of course, but, yeah. you know, it's very serious. Ed left, years ago, Ed left me in, I was in the um, muse- museum by myself, or I was in there with him and we were going over some stuff and there's, he was showing me artifacts and telling me the stories behind them. There's so many artifacts in this museum. Yeah. I don't even know all the stories or I don't remember a lot of them, but. I remember him telling me, you know, we're talking and he was showing me the the dinosaur, the plastic dinosaur from from the Galazzo case. Yeah. And we're talking about Annabelle. All of a sudden, uh, Lorraine yells down, Ed, you got a phone call. He's like, Joe, don't touch anything. I'm like, you don't have to worry about that, buddy. My my hands are staying in my pocket. He He goes, stay here, I'll be right back. Don't touch anything. So he left. And he wasn't gone that long, but they used to have these, uh, you ever hear of fate magazine?
1: Yes. I, I, remember I think that. it
0: was, I think it was fate magazine. I believe he had them in plastic sleeves and they were like pinned to the rafter above your head. Okay. And I'm just, I'm looking around, looking around and something catches my eye and I look up and there's a few of these magazines in plastic sleeves and they've got like a thumbtack in them and they're and on the beam and yeah. they start swaying back and forth uh-huh. and it's not from the wind either. Yeah, I mean, these things start and they and they started to pick up speed and I'm looking at it and I'm like, fro- I'm frozen. I'm like yeah. frozen in fear. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, All right. Because yeah. I was left alone in the museum. Ed comes back in, what seemed like an eternity later. Yeah. You know, it only turned out to be like a minute. And he, and he looks up and he goes, Joe, we got to get out of here. Yeah, because he he told me between after nine o'clock at night he goes he goes if I don't feel it's safe he goes I don't even that I don't even stay in here and his yeah. office was a little room right off right off of the museum. Yeah, you know so um you know I know he got off topic but Annabelle is there she's been there um yeah. it, you know I I have had a, my obviously take my photo with her a few times I put them up on the site I've I, already I posted I posted it uh, already on the chat. Well, room. the reason I did that is because the one where I was much heavier, that one was about 20 years ago. Okay. And then the other one I have, with like me side by side now, it's uh, how I look today. I didn't get any prettier, but <laughs> yeah, I just got older. You yeah. know, um, I don't. I don't want anything to do with it. It's not like I want to carry the thing around with me. Yeah, and I man.
1: mean, I, I, I have no desire. Uh, to, I mean, there,
0: there's to... no reason to. It's uh, I, there's no reason to. There's no reason to open yourself up to that stuff. But the yeah. reason Ed Ed would say don't touch anything in there is because you don't want those, you know, vibrations or whatever. Um, those yeah. evil uh, getting you know, entering into you. Yeah. Because by you touching it, you're willingly touching something. And I'm like, yeah, I'm keeping my hands, you know, in my pant pockets, you know. Uh, It's just, you know, it's the stories behind the artifacts because they're just they're just items like a dinosaur. It's a little plastic dinosaur. If you didn't know the story behind it, you're like, oh, isn't that cute? You know? Yeah. No, no, no. That thing was seen was reportedly seen walking and talking. (laughs) <laughs> and the thing without batteries, again, is like this thing would walk and talk. Allegedly. I, I had never seen that. But, you know, um, so I uh, hope that answers the question. But that's my relationship with Annabelle. Is just, I'm just fascinated by the story. Yeah. You know, Annabelle seems to get a lot of attention, especially nowadays with all the movies that came out. Half of them are all bullshit yeah. anyway. They're, not, they're just Hollywood making up stories. You know, yeah. the, the doll itself doesn't look anything like the doll they made for the movies. That's you true. Know, it's, it's a Raggedy end doll, you know. So what else you got for me?
1: So Melissa Keen wants to know, uh, have you ever worked with John Zaffis? And then the King uh, also asked, uh, have you learned anything on your own, you know, uh, working with the Warrens? So first question is, have you ever worked with Johnny? And then have you learned anything on your own?
0: Yeah, John's a good friend of mine. I've known John as long as I've known Ed in the Rain because John is Ed's nephew. Yeah. He's, the, he's the son of John Ed's twin sister. people didn't know okay. that, he had a twin sister. Uh, her name was Babe, or that's what they call him, uh, Babe. So, so yeah, I know John very well. I haven't seen him in a couple of years. Um, every once in a while, I'll go down to his house. We sit in his office and reminisce about the old days. But yeah. John's very busy, travels a lot, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and especially with COVID for the last couple of years, no one's seen anybody. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I'm sorry. What was the second part of the
1: question? So, oh, so King wants to know: Have you learned anything on your own? Um, essentially, you know, working with the Warrens, What have you learned on your own as well? I guess maybe on your my, own. Yeah, I guess maybe your own investigative methods, your own ways of oh, doing well, things. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, we all have our own, you know, flavor that we put on things. I mean, uh, uh, I started with a friend of mine. We co-founded the Connecticut Paranormal Research Society back yeah. in 1993. I just started my own little organization. And at the time, there was four of us, myself, yeah. my friend Orlando, a friend John, and a friend Rob. Now, Rob uh, left the group quite quickly. And I think because, I don't know, from what Orlando told me his wife didn't want him doing it. So, uh, he, yeah, he kind of he, bowed out. Um, and then our friend John, we lost touch with, um, I believe, um, he had some issues he had his own demons, so to speak with uh, mm. substance abuse or something like that um, i'm sorry to hear I, that yeah so am i because i haven't seen him in 25 years uh, i'm going back i'm i'm going back quite a ways you know 93 is yeah almost 30 years ago so yeah it's it, it i probably haven't seen him in 22 years or so wow. um fell out of touch i i don't even know if he still lives around here but my friend orlando and i have i've stuck it out and yeah we have had and this is important to note we have had people in our group um and i'm very i'm very picky because i'm very protective and i'm responsible for your safety people have to understand that because you know you always get the infighting like oh how come you always pick him or how do you how come you always pick her or, yeah I haven't been on a case yet and 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 it was like babysitting i'm like look i have three children i don't need any more yeah, pretty much. Like if, if I don't pick you to go on a case, it's because there's a reason for it. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. It's not because I have I play favorites or whatever. I, maybe I just won't need anybody else's help.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay? Um, I, and I will advocate that no one ever go on a case by themselves. Always have a yeah, system. Yeah. N-
1: um, n- never go on a case by yourself. That's, that's, that's the golden rule.
0: I have now, full disclosure, I have broken that rule at, at times and gone on my own and I'm I'm okay. I, it's just that, you know, I don't want to, you know, people label me as a hypocrite. Uh,
1: uh, I have done it. I have done that's it. It's circumstances. Sometimes, you know,
0: well it depends on the circumstance, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, exit circumstances. Sometimes you're at the right place at the well, you're at the right place at the wrong time, so to speak, but you know, people do need your help. I've got a more right. I've got a couple more questions I want to get to before we close. Uh, so,
0: yes, I have learned things on my own, but it's mostly just through experiences and doing stuff. I've been on hundreds of cases on my own with Orlando without the warrants. Yeah. But if but if I get stuck on something, I've always had them to fall back to and ask because they're my mentors. Yeah. You know, but I've learned stuff from other people, too. Father Gary Thomas, we talked about that, Ken. We don't have to get yeah. into that. But yeah, just by talking to him on the phone, I've learned volumes from him.
1: Yeah. Um, so the king wants to know, how would you explain that Amityville has not had any activity since, I guess, the Lutzes or the DeFeos?
0: You know, that's a very good question. Um, I would explain it as um, that family was targeted yeah. um, by whatever was there. Um George Lutz looked a lot like Ronald DeFeo, you know, yeah. whether or not it has any significance, I don't know. Um, because there has been families that have lived there throughout the years without incident. At least I haven't heard anything about it. Yeah, no one so, has. So but I during Halloween, it
1: gets annoying, though.
0: People need to understand that, you know, people can be haunted, houses can be haunted, objects can be haunted. Uh, I mean, you know, you and I can live under the same roof, and you might have experiences and i'm like yeah this guy's nuts and nothing happens to me you know i mean you know if the person or the family is targeted i'm not sure why they were targeted to be honest with you but i um, I think that's
1: that's an answer we probably will never know
0: we'll we'll probably no i'm just i'm just you know i'm just guessing it's my theory that you know the family itself the lutz family was targeted for whatever reason uh and they were they're you know, ran from the home. They, they only were there like 28 days. They bought the house and everything. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, cause then somebody else, eventually the house got resold and somebody else moved into it. The house has been renovated and all that's through the years. Yeah. So, you know, it was just recently sold, I think a year or two ago. It sold for like eight or
1: $900,000. Yeah. I saw and that. Then, I saw that. Uh,
0: I've never been in the house myself. I, I'd love to, to, to go there just to say I, I went in the house, but yeah, um, from what I understand, there hasn't been any problems in the house for many, many yeah. years. Okay. But um, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, not, I'm just telling you, my guess is that it was the family that was targeted. Yeah, that's
1: what it sounds like to me. Uh, Terry's got two questions. Terry York. Uh, Terry York wants to know Do you mentor others? And the second question to, uh, is Have you ever seen a demon or are they just unseen forces?
0: Demons uh they hide in the shadows uh i've seen shadows uh i've heard voices i've heard growling uh yeah. but to but to see a full bodied apparition demon no i have not
1: we go crazy um uh, and that's the truth if a human being were to actually see a, a demon's full figure a full body demon in in their natural state you would go crazy there's no doubt about that uh because I would be they're extremely scared trust yes. me yes Yes,
0: Because I uh, know that whatever that is, is more powerful than I am, but it's not yeah. more powerful than God. That's yeah. where your faith is your best weapon. Exactly. Because there and, have been
1: instances where people have actually seen demons, uh, and, and, uh, and I've, I've read different accounts from other exorcists, and I've spoken amongst the clergy community, and it's, it's, it's a really small occurrence. But the people that have allegedly seen the full faces yeah. of these demons, they have gone crazy.
0: I've seen the distortion of people's faces like during exorcism. I've been through a few exorcisms yeah. where I've actually held people down. Yeah. Um, but to actually see a, a demon like in a full body of, by itself. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I haven't. But I've seen shadows. I've seen things looking at me. I've seen uh, I've heard growling You know, co- yeah. like, coming from everywhere, things like that. But uh, no, and I honestly don't want to see one. Yeah. Trust me.
1: No, nobody wants to see one. Okay. People are like, oh, yeah, I think it'd be cool to at least see No, no, that no, no, wouldn't. So, so, it looks like we are actually running out of time. And so, oh, Joe, I want, no, you know, it's all right. <laughs> no, it's cool. I, I definitely want to have you back on, and we're going to have, oh, yeah. I, I want to have a, a series with you, and so that way we can talk about the different cases. So, but before I close out the show, what advice would you give the audience? Well, for the, for
0: my fellow investigators out there, I want to say, just stay humble. Okay. okay? Be in this work for the right reasons. And if you're in over your head, know that you are and ask for help. That's what the Warren Legacy Foundation is here for. Yep. Okay. I am here at anyone's disposal. Okay. You you could call me or email me or Facebook me. I'll never turn away from, uh, never turn anybody away. If I can't, personally get involved for whatever reason, I will point you in the right direction. Obviously I've got the whole foundation on my brothers and sisters out there over the world that can help you. Okay. But you know, the best advice I can give you is get training. Okay. Don't go out and buy a camera and a computer and a tape recorder and then think you're a ghostbuster. Yeah. It's, I understand it's exciting, you know, to go to a cemetery and stuff, but you know what, be respectful. Don't desecrate the graves you know, be respectful. Seek permission, okay? Contact your local cemetery association or, or at least the police department and say, hey, do you mind if I just go? Oh, uh, Me and two of my friends, here's my car, my license plate number. I'm just going to go take some photos. You know, ask permission, okay? Because, you know, that's how people get in trouble. And every year, especially around Halloween, you hear about, oh, this cemetery had graves desecrated. Yeah, yeah. 300-year-old headstones were kicked over by... You know, whether they be teenagers or young adults, and they think it's, it's, ha- you can never make a 300 year old headstone whole again. You could no. patch it back together. Yeah. All right. But every year I hear about it and it just, it just sickens me. Yeah. All right. But get, get the training. All right. And a lot of people, and, and this goes back to the egos too stay humble. A lot of people don't want to put in the 36 years. Yeah. They just instantly want to go out and work on cases. And you know what? No, you don't. No, Trust me. No you if you don't get a case, if you're in a group and you're listening to this, let me tell you, if you don't get called for a case, don't get disheartened. Yeah. Right? Just keep studying. Find a group that has more experience or a person. You know, I do mentor people, or I try to. That's why I do lectures. I lecture at a lot of public libraries, which are free to the patrons. Okay. Uh, I usually put them up on my site. You know, if you're in the area, you know, please come and you know, love to love to see you. Come, come, talk to me. Come, come up and say hi. Um, you know, I want to teach. I know Chris wants me to teach and give classes. Just yeah, it's hard. I like to teach in person because you know it's you know doing it over Zoom is very hard. It is. It is. But uh, I hope that answers your question. Uh, yeah, but just
1: well, Joe, don't okay. don't, misrep- don't don't misrepresent yourself is what I'm saying. Just don't get in over your head, Joe. Man, you know it's been such a privilege, man. It's an honor. Thank you for for oh, being on do. the show tonight. No, we're definitely going to have you back on. Uh, I I foresee a series with you and and Dalton. Uh, I definitely want to do a few more things with you, uh, everyone oh, in the audience. It. thank you. Yeah, thank you for tuning in, everyone. Thank you, George, Terry, Melissa, Mike, King. Thank you so much for staying in an uh, extra 15, 20 minutes. But I think this is a lot of information that uh, is useful. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in to Enter the Dark. Thank you. We are, on, we are on every second and fourth Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific. Thank you, everyone. Have a good night and make sure you say your prayers. And God, God bless. bless. God bless. All right.